Welcome aboard the Fourth Watch, which is a series of podcasts sponsored by the good people at Fair Mormon, of which I, your host, Ned Skarsbrick, am a volunteer. And as always, my views and opinions are my own and may not reflect those of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon. However, they have been proven to be correct on occasion. So with that said, let's uh, move on to today's topic. In the near lane, we have Brother Ned at the wheel of the Fair Mormon Express. And in the far lane, a Border Blaster. The PSPs are running 250,000 watts of RF audio firepower. Supercharged voice injection in both lanes guide these massive machines to the finish line. Both drivers are staged to break the record books running at full power. The Border Blasters have been successful in the past with many unique performance enhancements. Their patented donation ignition system is used to fire the massive cylinders of the PSP machine. have tried to compete in this arena of audio competition before, with little, if any, success against the mighty powerhouses. Brother Ned and the Fair Mormon Express, running in the super-modified Altered Class, Take on the giant of the airwaves. Well, that was colorful. Now, back in the day, the late 60s and the early 70s, just across the border in Rosarita Beach, Baja, California, the Big X, X-E-R-B, was one of the flamethrower AM radio stations of its day. The Big X was the brainchild of Robert Weston Smith. Bob Smith... Who's Bob Smith? Well, if you don't recognize the name, you just might remember the voice. Oh, my, my! That green onion's hanging all over the studio, precious thing. Gonna keep the vampires away, you understand? And this one, baby, is for only you. Only Yes, siree, it's the Wolfman. He was one of the most successful disc jockeys of his day. You might remember him in the movie American Graffiti, done by George Lucas in 1973. The Wolfman made a considerable amount of money on the Big X, and most of it came from the late-night programs that came to be known as the Prayer Shawl Preachers, or the PSBs as I call them, at one point, Wolfman Jack was said to be making over $50,000 a month from the revenue generated by these programs. Considerable amount of cash back then, which did not go unnoticed by the Mexican authorities. Kind of like when Han Solo said to Luke Skywalker in the original Star Wars movie, Ancient weapons and hokey religions are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. The blaster of the PSPs made the bucks. Now, I'm not sure how the radio station changed hands, but the Wolfman got pushed out and things changed. 
Running at 250,000 watts of power, XERB could be heard from border to border. American stations could only broadcast at 50,000 watts of power due to FCC regulations, so the Big X was quite an adventure for AM radio. Now, if we go back further in time, the most powerful commercial radio station ever was WLW in the USA. 700 AM in Cincinnati, Ohio, which during certain times in the 1930s broadcast 500,000 watts of radiated power. At night, it covered half the globe. Neighbors within the vicinity of the transmitter heard the audio in their pots, pans, and mattresses. Literally. I'm providing a link in the show notes for those who may be interested in the history of WLW. Today, we have the new and improved Border Blasters, and you're listening to one of them right now, the Internet Podcast. Just about anyone with a computer and a microphone can produce and air podcasts. For that matter, you can effectively have your own TV station. It's called YouTube, all without the need for mass quantities of money. The mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand Oh, the times they are changing Bob Dylan sang the lyrics of our day, thinking he was just talking about the days in which he lived. That was back in 1964, over 50 years ago. Truly, the times are a-changing. And I would suspect that in another 50 years, our todays might seem as foolish to those who look upon us from their enlightened era with mild, if not outright, amusement. Some things don't change, and for good reason. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is one of those things that doesn't change. The way we show our discipleship does and should change to adapt to the environment and culture in which we live. What may be welcomed in uh, Mormon Central, a.k.a. Salt Lake City, Utah, may not be well-received in another part of the world, but our intent should always be the same, to represent our Lord and Savior and His loving kindness by using our hands as His hands and the tone of our voice as he would talk to those in need of his care. In October 2006, Brother James A. Faust, second counselor in the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, offered his view of discipleship. Some may say, I am a simple person. I have no stature or position. I'm new in the church. My talents and abilities are limited. My contribution is little. Or they may say, I am too old to change. I have already lived my life. Why should I try? It is never too late to change. 
Discipleship does not come from positions or prominence, wealth or advanced learning. The disciples of Jesus came from all walks of life. Our responsibility is clear for those who have received the testimony of Jesus Christ to become his disciples. In doing so, I try hard not to denigrate another's testimony or their faith tradition. Now, in the opening of this podcast, I referred to the uh, prayer shawl preachers in a manner that some may see, or in this case hear, as unacceptable. Truth is often in the ear of the beholder because our intent is interrupted by the distance from our heads to our hearts, and that takes time. Oh, I know what you think I meant, but I'm not sure that what you heard is what was in my heart. So much rhythm, grace, and heaven for one man? Yes, yes, I know. Ain't it the truth? Now, does this happen to you? Happens to me. When such events take place, I try really hard to apologize and not defend what I said or did. It's not about being right a lot of the time, but about building a bridge of understanding. Brother Ned, you need to build a bridge to get over yourself. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry if my style offends you. I meant no disrespect. I'm sorry. Well, you're still a jerk. I'm sorry you feel that way. It's just my amateur attempt at humor. Amateur? You got that right. Now, Brother Ned. You're the reason I don't sleep at night. You're the reason. No, we'll keep it in. That was a funny gag. Gotta have some fun. So you got a spiritual wound, did you? Here, let me have a look under that uh, bandage dressing. Oh, you'll be fine. Just take some Life and All and call me in the morning. By the way, Life and All is now available online at Brother Ned's Discount Warehouse of Worship right here in Boise, Idaho. Say hallelujah. Life and All is the only supplement that contains the three essential vitamins to get you up to speed and keep you there. R-P-N-M. Yeah, go ahead. Get your life on all. <laughs> Here, give me a couple of those so I can get through this podcast. Let's see, what's next? Do what you can do, not what someone else can do. They may need just what you have. Your hands may be what they see and feel. It may be that your voice is the one that offers what they need to hear. Perhaps your smile is the one that they can understand better than anyone else's. Starting to make sense? Now, I would like to offer two extreme views of how we can experience the gospel as a disciple of Jesus. The first one I call the Mormonostics, or as uh, Cassandra Hedelius would say, Mormon Gnosticism. She gave a presentation at the August 7, 2015 annual conference of the Fair Mormon Group about this subject, which you can read with a a link in the show notes that I'm providing. They go too far. 
There is little, if any, need of a church structure. The only relationship is the one with the Lord. Now going to the other extreme are those whom I call the corporate Mormons. They have turned the gospel into a company. By what they say and do, they wind up worshiping the structure instead of he who created them. They go too far. If you find yourself going too far in one of these directions, start asking yourself questions, because both directions can lead to dangerous forms of discipleship. In a Zoom conversation with uh, Scott Gordon, the president of Fair Mormon, well, he was when we talked. A few of us on the Fair Mormon volunteer blog list had a conversation about the direction of our podcast and the written blog articles. A decision was made to focus our efforts toward your standard average member who sits in the pews week after week. So my podcasts are designed to fit that mold. Mold? Did I say mold? Who's mold? Standard and average. So the enlightened or the ultra-ignorant need not uh, read or listen? Ultra-ignorant? They're talking about you, Brother Ned. I'm going to take care of this right now. Where's the forget-me stick? An effective piece of equipment. I'll keep it handy. Now I want you to decide what's best for you. In my view, there are no molds we are relegated to fit into. Make up your own mind and choose for yourself. You are a child of the ever-living God. Don't let me or anyone else tell you what or who you are. Continuing on. It can be rather easy to see those who are becoming more Gnostic in their form of worship. They start distancing themselves from church activity because they have received the true light of the gospel. It may be more difficult for those who are going towards the corporate worldview to see that they are becoming administrators of the bureaucracy instead of ministers of the gospel. Now, numbers, percentages, and ratios may have their value for a general overview of how a ward or a congregation is moving. But if that becomes your defining attention, perhaps our discipleship is moving in the wrong direction. Next segmental. You may have seen the movie Mars Attacks, or not. It was done in 1996 and is probably the best spoof of the 50s and 60s science fiction B-movies ever made. If you've done seen it, you know what I mean. If you haven't, you might want to give it a try. It's extra campy and lots of great performances by well-known actors. Piers Brosnan, who was great in the 007 movies, plays a scientist in this flick who portrays great wisdom and superior knowledge to whom all must bow with awe and reverence. In one part of the movie, some engineer type comes up with a translation device of the Martian language. All the Martians say in the movie is, ack, 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 ack. So you really never know what they're saying until you can hear the translation. In the clip I'm going to let you hear, tell me if it makes sense to you. Pierce Brosnan is sitting at a table with a pipe in his hand and looking upward as if he just heard some great new cosmic wisdom and in the room is also an army general. Both hear the same thing, and the general has a 
different reaction to the translation than that of the great super-genius professor. Being as I'm your basic simple person and not a super-genius, my reaction to the translation is pretty close to that of the general's response. For dark is the suede that mows like a harvest. What the hell does that mean? If you are part of a group, congregation, study club, or other religious spiritual path, and what you're hearing doesn't line up with the four points on the eternal line of wisdom, you may want to consider moving away from such an affiliation. Some of the Mormon Gnostics may fall under this classification. For dark is the suede that mows like a harvest. It's just a bunch of bologna sauce. Don't go in that direction. Next, the four points of truth. This is part of the Brother Ned value system and not to be considered official doctrine, but probably should be. First point, our heads. Second point, our hearts. Third point, our gut. Point number four, the Holy Scriptures. You ever get that gut feeling you know something is just right or wrong? What does our gut have to do with feelings? The Savior told us that his bowels were full of compassion. Mosiah 15.9 Having ascended into heaven, having the bowels of mercy, being filled with compassion towards the children of men, standing betwixt them and justice, having broken the bands of death, taken upon himself our iniquity and their transgressions, having redeemed them, and satisfied the demands of justice. What does mercy have to do with our bowels? A figurative representation, I would think, even though back in the day they thought feelings generated in our bowels. The Savior knew better, of course, but he was relating in terms that they could understand without going into the science of how feelings are created. Ever heard the saying, go with your gut? So, if your gut, heart, and head line up with God's revealed word, I would say your discipleship is moving in the right direction. Last segment. In listening to all these colorful illustrations, you might recall something the Lord has pressed upon your four lines of truth. You may remember something you did or said back in your day. Could have been 69 or 89 or even 09. Those are the times that you considered the best days of your life. A mission, perhaps? You just laid it down and forgot to pick it back up. So, how about we pick it back up and keep moving forward in our discipleship to the glory of Him who is our Lord and Savior? President Faust offers us a good guideline. Let us consider some of the things Jesus did that we can all emulate. Jesus went about doing good. How about if we go about doing good? We may not need the loud voice that the border blasters used, but then again we may need it to get someone's attention. Then the quiet voice of love could move in to replace the giant noise of the world's value system. In closing, what I'm about to offer as a question just might be the most important part of this podcast. So if you're listening, say amen. What if the disappearance of a sense of responsibility 
is the most far-reaching consequence of submission to authority. Sounds like the waves of life are calling us to go forth with a steadfast focus on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to carry out His will. Officer of the Watch, post the Navy hymn, sung by Sandra Schmidt, Bonnie Skarsbrick, Steve Hatch, and David Reese. Eternal Father, strong to save.